On Second Shot, we cover two new stories every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And at the heart of every one of these stories are people, just like you and me, who've had to overcome incredible odds, to face the greatest challenges, to struggle and fight back. But now, we're changing it up. In these episodes, we're skipping the headlines and going straight to the people that inspire us to grow, to be bold, seek change, and act courageously when the rest of the world may not. A second look, a second chance, a second shot. This is Second Shot Sit-Downs with your host, Jenny Anchando. Welcome to Second Shot, everybody. I'm Jenny Anchando, and this is the show where we really, I mean, we want to show all walks of life, all professions, because I mean, when you think about it, truly all of us have had a second shot in our lives. And what's interesting to me is to see when somebody gets that second shot, what they do with it. So uh, one of the lesser known stories about Chef Kent Rathbun is, is his second shot. So you guys know him as really one of the most prominent chefs and restaurateurs in our area. We welcome him in. And gosh, we could talk about Republic, Shinsei, Lover Seafood Market. What else am I missing? Emoto, Emoto, the curbside barbecue, all that stuff. Yes, welcome in. Good to see you from afar. Good to see you. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. Gosh, well, it was fun because we talked to you on Morning After, and then our producers and I were talking, and we're like, my gosh, there's more There's more to tell with this story uh, with regard to sort of what you've done. And we're going to get into your second shot in a minute. But I also want to highlight some of the stuff that you've done differently in your business. You were just saying, okay, well, now you used to do these cooking classes. Now you're doing nonstop these, these online cooking classes. This was one of those industries where everybody thought, my gosh, the restaurants, what are they going to do? But you've kind of figured it out. Well, I don't know if I figured it out, but I'd say we've definitely pivoted. Uh, you know, you, I think you have to pivot in this in this world right now. And so one of the things we did is uh, we used to do all types of entertaining in the restaurants where I would do classes and I would do, you know, uh, FaceTime with groups of people and, and we would do dinner and a show and we would demonstrate the food that they're eating and all of that. And all of that kind of came to a halt when all this started happening. But, you know, real quickly, we started doing the uh, virtual cooking class version of this. And so, in fact, I was just saying that I have I have five <laughs> going on within the next 48 hours. So it's kind of crazy. It, well, it is a little weird. I was joking that all of our guests now have to be like TV production people. It's like they've got to figure out oh, how to set up their, their lighting and how to set up their background and make their house clean and, you know, all these different things for these broadcasts. So it's kind of like this, I don't know if it's an added element of stress, but everybody's definitely feeling it. Do you, do you feel that added element of stress or are you just going with it? Oh, no, I feel the added element <laughs> of stress, okay? So I, when I first started this, I started using a, uh, a software on my computer called Ecamm Live, and I'm telling you, it's really cool, but it kind of blew my mind and, and uh, it took it took a few weeks for us to get it figured out, but now now it's just a matter of being on time and having everything ready to go. And and I'm learning more about lighting and learning more about wireless mics and crazy stuff. And so we're we're just cooking for the masses. In fact, uh, this week I'm doing one for the Observer magazine that airs in four different markets. Well, it airs all over the country yeah. and all over the world. But it's being promoted in four different uh, markets. So Miami, Dallas, Houston, and Denver. So it's gonna be kind of cool. I could have a couple thousand people on the, on, the, on the cooking class. 
That's true, which you might not get in person. So there's the positive aspect of it is we're all used to kind of hopping on these digital platforms in, in order to see what's going on. Um, so Heath and I have gone over to Republic to get the barbecue when it's out. Like you, it was like, I forget, we got so on, on one of your email lists and we were able to go get the barbecue. But I know now this is like being expanded big time, which my husband's excited about because he's like, okay, well maybe we don't have to do it ourselves. We'll just, we'll just right, go right. get his. So explain what that scenario is, how you're like getting barbecue to everybody right now. Well, so we, we kind of pivoted, uh, you know, at Lover Seafood and at Republic, and we started doing the uh, Rathbun's curbside barbecue. And what started out as just something to kind of keep a few of my guys working, put a little money in their pockets at the very beginning, we're getting ready to start our 18th week of this. This thing has gone so crazy now that we've ordered a 33-foot uh, concession trailer that we're going to take delivery on sometime in August. And uh, it's going to be an added part of our catering. It's going to be an added part of our uh, social, or I mean, our uh, special event uh, mm -hmm. catering. And uh, it's just a way for you to grab some great barbecue. So uh, the way it works is you go to my website at chefkentrathen.com and you check out the menu and you order up. And the pickups are between two and four on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, we kind of pop around a little bit. We do different locations. Sunday, we're always at Lover's Seafood Market there at Lover's and Inwood Road. And uh, as an example, this Saturday, we're gonna be at the Clay Cooley car dealerships out on 183 for our pickup. And we're gonna be serving sliders to the to the people who come in. And so it's, it's just been a lot of fun and it's kind of blown up into this crazy thing. There are a few people during the pandemic who have had businesses blow up. It just, it's, it's infrequent, though, in the restaurant industry. So I'm glad that you've really, like, found this specific thing, this specific offering. Um, you know, Texans can't go without barbecue. So you've, you've found the modality, that's for sure. Now, I, I want to talk about this, uh, I mean, gosh, really, when I think of Second Shot, when I think of what, what our goal is with this part of the show is to just give people some perspective and to think about, okay, we will all be given these second shots in life. Um, whether it's a job loss and a, and, a, and a rebirth of career or relationships or, or even of almost losing our lives, we've got to think about how do we transition and how do we make the most of it? And you're somebody who, who has been through that. Can you explain what happened in this, this ATV accident and um, you know, kind of what the circumstances were surrounding it? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think a lot of people think it was one of those things where we're out on an ATV acting like crazy people, and it's not that at all. My wife and my daughter and I were out in Marfa, Texas, with a very, very good friend of ours, and uh, he owned a, and still owns, a, a Wagyu cattle ranch. And I was out there to kind of visit the ranch, check oh, out the cool. ranch. We were going to do some, uh, some work together, and we were riding out on the ranch on a Polaris, uh, with one of those high hunting seats attached to the back. And um, we were not going fast. We were not doing anything crazy. We were just simply going up a pretty good uh, grade at the side of, well, it's really a mountain. Okay. <laughs> we were going up a mountain. And um, all of a sudden, whatever happened, I mean, this seat that my wife and my daughter and I were sitting on um, fell back out of the uh, out of the back and we crashed down on the ground. Um, my wife had a pretty bad cut on her head. My daughter actually landed on top of me, but um, she was not hurt at all, thank goodness. Um, but I took the brunt of the injuries. And so I ended up, uh, let me go through this real quick. Wow, I ended up yeah, with uh, 22 out of 24 broken ribs, five of them 
Five of them were broken twice, so I had 27 fractures in my rib cage. I collapsed a lung, I lacerated a kidney, I cracked my spine in four different places, and two of them were unstable, which meant that I could have paralyzed myself at any moment. Uh, and on top of that, I actually landed in a fire ant pile, which I'm deathly allergic to fire ants. And we were out in the middle of the desert, uh, two hours from any medical attention with no cell phone signal. So it was a bad situation. Oh my gosh. I mean, then the ants, I mean, it's like, really? Um, so, okay, so what do you do? Do you drive two hours injured like that? I mean, from everybody I've heard from, one broken rib is incredibly painful. Well, they, they are. And, um, I, you know, I had, I had what they call a flailed chest, which meant that I had so many broken ribs in my chest that my lungs were having a hard time expanding my rib cage. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, one of my lungs was filling up with fluid and, and uh, uh, collapsed and so it was kind of a mess we what we ended up doing is we sent back uh the people that owned the ranch with the polaris that i fell off on so my wife and another friend and myself stayed um, when they realized i was in a pile of ants i had to literally crawl to an area and uh, get myself to a standing position uh, with all those broken bones which i still don't know quite how i did that and then um, we basically stood out there in the desert um, and it was cold it was a it was a november afternoon and um, it was getting dark and we stood out there in the desert for about an hour and 30 minutes until the the polaris got back from the ranch house and they had called uh, 911 they had taken my daughter back they had gotten some water they had gotten some blankets first aid kit all of that business and i simply said i said so how how are we getting back to the ranch house? And right. if the ambulance right. is coming, how is the ranch, how's the ambulance going to know where to go? And he says, well, I, I don't, I, he said, we have a, the person knows where we're at, but I, I said, well, listen, I, I said, in my calculation here, I think we need to close the gap. And so I literally asked him to help me down the hill and we walked down to the bottom and I got on flat ground, got back on the same Polaris and then we drove very slowly for 40 minutes back to the ranch house until we got back to the ambulance and the EMTs. And uh, once we got back there, you know, they started uh, checking me out. They gave me some pretty crazy medication. I got into an ambulance um, and then it was an hour and 20 minute drive to the nearest hospital. They could not handle me. Uh, they took a CT scan and immediately said, we can't handle this here. You, you need to be in a trauma center. So they care flighted me um, what was going to be to Midland, Texas. Mm -hmm. And it ended up in, in a, and we ended up in Odessa because we were in the middle of a thunderstorm in this little plane. And that was a whole other story in itself. Yeah, that's not ideal either. We, yeah, so we got rerouted to uh, Odessa where we were into a level two trauma center. As soon as they took the CT scan, they said, we can't help you here. You are above our pay grade. You're going to have to be in a level one trauma center. Where do you want to go? And I said, well, where do we have a choice? And he said, Dallas, Houston, or Lubbock. I said, well, I live in Dallas. So. Send me home. So literally the next morning I got on the same plane with the same crew and they flew me to Dallas. And so by the time that I got to uh, Parkland, they, um, you know, 30, 30 or 32 hours had passed. Uh, since the accident 
and I was met by just the most awesome trauma surgeons and trauma team that I've ever dealt with. And they saved my life. Wow, and they truly saved your life. That had to have been scary though for those couple of days in between where you're really not wondering and, and gosh, Tracy doesn't know. You're, I mean, your daughter doesn't know what's going to become of you. That's a long time to contemplate the reality. Well, and, I, and it was, I mean, I was under a lot of medication, so I wasn't really thinking as straight as I could have been, but I, I will tell you that when the trauma surgeon came in to see me uh, that evening on, on Sunday night, this happened on a Saturday afternoon, so Sunday evening late, you know, he said to me, he said, Kent, he said, I cannot stress to you enough. He said, if you, uh, he said, if you move just even the slightest wrong direction at this point, you could paralyze yourself for the rest of your life. And he goes, I cannot stress you enough, you have to be completely still. And so this was, you know, this was 24 hours before my surgery. And so um, my surgery actually didn't happen until um, two or three in the afternoon on Tuesday. So I went, I went, I went from Saturday afternoon until Tuesday afternoon, like just completely in a position where I could have paralyzed my body. You know, how do you stay still while which, sleeping? I mean, how, where, where, what kind of contraption are you in, or is this just a mental game where you force yourself to stay awake and still? Well, I mean, I think it was a lot of that, but I, I have to tell you, I was under some pretty crazy medications too. So, I mean, I, yeah, I was like out a lot, uh, but it was it was still very frightening, you know, and um, you know, just coughing or you know, sneezing or just trying to get situated in the bed i mean there was many times when i you know i just felt like i had to kind of move myself around a little bit in the bed but you know this is after also crawling on my hands and knees you know from the you know from the road to where the the seat landed on the side of the mountain and hoisting myself up and standing there and you know getting in the ambulance and driving back i mean i'm like surely a little movement it's not going to be the end of me and thank goodness it wasn't so. Okay, so so what's this teach you? I mean, not everybody has that near-death experience. If if for those of us, thank God, who have not, what's the message? What's the lesson? Like, how did this change you? Well, you know, philosophically, obviously, the message is, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, uh, things can happen in an instant, and um, you know, I will tell you, since since it's happened, I've become a little bit more leery about things i kind of uh i kind of evaluate things in my head a little bit more before i get ready to do them mm. um and i think as you know as a parent you know i think uh, you know a lot of kids will you know they get mad at their parents because they think oh quit being a dad quit being a mom we're not going to get hurt well let me tell you these things happen in just a matter of a split second and you know i would I mean, I would say to everybody, just be more careful about what you're about to do and what you let your children do. And, and I mean, I know we all have to grow up and I know we all have to experience life, but man, I tell you, things happen very quickly. And I think it's, uh, I think it's always smart to kind of evaluate the situation you're in and where you, uh, where you could be in a matter of moments. I tell you what, my husband loves an ATV. He's from East Texas, grew up doing it from the time he was a little, little kid.
freaks me out because I've been in one where the wheel flew off and I haven't been in one since really because um, because we know these things can happen. Of course, it's not just ATVs. It's really anything. It's really, you know, right. any kind of danger. So I'm going to, you know, don't come after me if you're in the ATV business, you know, but, it, but it's just like evaluating risks. But then on the other end of it, did you did, did it change your business perspective or, or things like that at all? Well, that's that's another thing. It, it did change a lot. So, you know, you know how, um, you know, you run into somebody uh, at a restaurant or a store and you say, hey, how have you been? Let's get together for a drink. Let's get together for dinner. You know, um, one of the one of the very first things I did when I got out of the hospital and sort of started to recuperate is uh, I, I made a mental note to myself that I was going to start to follow up on those kind of things. And you know, when I run into somebody and say, hey, let's get to dinner, I, I, I really try to do as much as I can to make those kind of things happen because, you know, this is a crazy world. And, and I, I think that uh, experiences with, with friends and family and people that we love and the people that we know, these are the things that we take um, sometimes for granted. And I, I just don't want to do that like I used to. And so I try to be a little bit more thorough with things that I've said I'm going to do if, if I, you know, I mean, I kind of out of the blue, I call people, you know, my wife and I talk about it all the time. We, we're going to have a little dinner at the house. We try to invite people that we haven't seen for a while. We try to invite people that we do see often. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different place. Yeah. Maintaining those friendships. I hope that people hear that and, um, you know, let that be, gosh, let his second shot be your motivation to say, yeah, I'm going to call that friend because what if, or, you know, it really probably makes you prioritize your friendships and, and business relationships and all those relationships and thinking, okay, who do I want to be super intentional about? Because we all have limited time and, and who do I truly want to cook for or have over or, or, or just enjoy conversation with? Right. You know, when, when I first met my wife, she mentioned to me one time, she goes, you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of acquaintances mm. uh, in our business. You know, we, we meet everyone and we have a lot of acquaintances, but I, I will tell you that we, we only have a few friends and the few friends that we have. And I don't, I don't want that to sound negative. I mean, no, we, I relate we, to we that hundred percent. People that are close to us, you know, the list is much smaller than the people that we know. And so I, I feel like it's really important that, you know, we, we spend as much time with these people as we can, and especially right now with with all the things that are happening, you know, the one thing that I've tried to do through this whole thing is I've tried to say to myself, you know what, you know, four years ago, I nearly died on the side of a mountain. And as bad as all this is, and, and as, as many people that are dying and that are sick and that are in so much trouble financially and everywhere else from this terrible, terrible thing, I have to continue to live my life with a glass of half full attitude. I, I cannot wake up and be part of the gloom and doom. I have to say to myself, look, how can we turn this into, how can we take lemons and make lemonade? And that's, that's what we've done with the curbside barbecue. That's what we've done with the, the virtual classes. You know, we built a new patio at Lover Seafood Market so that we can extend the dining out in to the patio, we're getting ready to do some more dining out into the yard of lovers. I mean, there's all kinds of things that everybody needs to be thinking about to try to circumvent what we cannot change right now. Change. I'm, I'm curious from a business perspective, because it's not like, oh, he runs one little restaurant. I mean, you've got like 
all of these businesses all over town. I'm assuming you were out for a while. Um, how were your businesses set up so that they were able to keep running while you were in recovery mode? Well, thank goodness I have a wife who is. Um, <laughs> That's right. Can I, say, can I can I say badass on here? Yeah, you can. <laughs> you better believe it. She's she's pretty awesome. Uh, she she uh, you know she not only kept our family moving along, but she kept our restaurants moving along. And by that time, I was uh, I was separated from my former restaurants and. You know, I was just doing so much, you know, cooking classes, so much uh, appearances and things like that. I was able to kind of put all those things on hold, but the restaurants continued and, and Tracy and, and the team that we have uh, did such a fantastic job of doing that. It was amazing. Is there anything that you would have changed for people who have businesses or who, who are looking to you as an example in terms of what you've developed and grown over the years? Is there anything you would have changed to better assure yourself up for something like that, for, for being gone, if, uh, if people don't have a Tracy? <laughs> you know, it's interesting. That's a great question because I have a lot of people around me. Um, I have business partners. I have trainers. I have people that I work with that always are saying, Kent, when are you going to be able to figure out a way where you don't have to show up to all these events, where you don't have to be the person right. there? And, and I, and I, and I, not, not that I, not that I um, present myself in the same light as a professional athlete, but you would not ask, uh, you know, the quarterback of a football team to just call in and say, hey, I'm kind of feeling bad. I'm going to hang out at home today, throw in the other guy. <laughs> You know, oh, sorry about that. Uh, we, we, we are, uh, I mean, people, people want my services as a chef. Uh, and that's, and that's one of the beautiful things and the tough thing about being a chef this at this time, because, you know, chefs have become, um, celebrities and it's like, people don't just want you to come and cook. They want you to come and cook and they want you to be out with their guests and they want you to talk about the food and they want you to be part of their celebration and so it's very tough to do that if you're not there and so uh part of the part of the problem that i've had is i've set my business up to rely on me being a very intricate part of that right well some businesses are truly buildable and scalable that you you build you scale you build more you scale and you can sort of hire out everything and then sit on a beach somewhere <laughs> but, but well, yeah, it's true. Even if you train somebody, it, they wouldn't be you. So this is a super unique business. I imagine many people watching and listening are in a similar thing where they think, um, okay, is it just my thought that I have to be there or do I truly have to be there? And yours, it seems like you truly have to because you can't just have like a stand-in. Well, many times for sure. Now we, you know, we do tons of catering where uh, my team shows up and they do the dinners. But if people want, if people want me to be involved, excuse me, my wife. <laughs> Tell her we said hi. <laughs> yeah. Um, if, uh, hey, honey, I'm on a live thing here. Come on and say hello. Yeah, come on. Be... Tell her to come over and say hi. <laughs> <laughs> We're, the real boss. we're on live TV <laughs> really just walks in man this is this is another thing that you get with the you know with all this business right i mean um, it's crazy yes my three-year-old did it the other day so i get it well you know thank god my dogs are not losing their minds so if they see a flea by you know fly by we're gonna be in trouble 
Anyway, I, I, I do think it's, uh, you know, there's a good part of my business that I don't have to be around for. And, and of course, the restaurants are kind of run by the managers and all of that. But, you know, when somebody wants me to come and do a demonstration, there's, you know, there's no calling in sick for that, you know? Right. You got to be there. Okay, you guys, I want people, if they're, if they're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and looking for a cooking class, actually, you know what, that's not even true. They don't even have to be here. That's the beauty of the lockdown is you're doing these virtually. So can't go ahead and give everybody the, the website or how they find you and connect with you if they want to do um, a fun cooking class. Yeah, so uh, first of all, I want, you to, I want you to know the best way to watch anything that I'm doing uh, and just kind of keep tabs is we have a text message system that if you text my name Rathbun R-A-T-H-B-U-N to 888-111 you'll be opted into our text message system and then I'll send you announcements about what we're doing but in the meantime tomorrow I'm going to be doing this Observer Magazine thing so you can check that out on their website and it's going to be uh, it's going to be an hour long virtual cooking class with a dish from each of the markets. So Miami, I'm going to do a really cool Caribbean uh, snapper dish. From Denver, I'm going to do a trout dish, and of course, we're doing beef from Texas. And uh, so it's going to be kind of fun. But uh, if you want to order the barbecue, just check out my website at chefkentrathman.com. You can buy spices there. You can buy barbecue there. You can sign up for cooking classes there. There's just so many things we're doing right now. And, and as I said, we're we're just trying to figure out how to make uh, lemonade out of lemons. That's right. I feel you. Thank you for the inspiration and for really just sort of the mind jog on that. Hopefully it gets everybody thinking about where they are, where they want to be, who they want to connect with, and what they want to do with their businesses. Chef Kent Rathbun, it was a pleasure. Say hello to your wife, hugs to everybody, and hopefully talk to you soon. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> you bet. Okay, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the chat. If you know somebody who, you know, has had a second shot, has taken a second shot, then uh, email me, secondshotcast at gmail.com. And you know, these segments air every weekday on CW33, sorry, every Thursday on CW33 and CW33.com. Have a good one.